everybody, and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on True Story FM. I'm Pete Wright, and I'm here with Nikki Kinzer. Well, hello, Nikki Kinzer. How in the hay, who are you? You good? You feeling strong? No, yeah. How, how in the hay, who are you? You know, uh, you know, I may have just made it up. You're welcome. Just that's a new thing. Feel free to use it. I am uh, very excited about our conversation today. And I think we need just a little bit of setup because we're talking, uh, we're entering a bit of a, a brief series and we're talking about uh, just sort of living with ADHD. Is that what we're calling and it? Living with ADHD, highlighting some stories from our listeners um, who are inspirational and I'm hoping will um, provide some motivation and hope to our other listeners on different ways that they have uh, worked with their ADHD and, and uh, you know, just some, I hate to say success stories because as soon as you say success stories, people think, oh, I don't have anything. Like I'm not successful. I don't have a, yeah, right, I don't have right. a, a success story. And one of the things that uh, we are naming this show, you can have struggles and still have success. And that came from our guest. Right, right. That's how brilliant yeah. she is. It, it is. I think it's really important to that. Back to your point that that this is not a show about success stories. And I really hope people can shake that language because success comes in all shapes and colors. And you should not think that just because you don't have what looks like success to somebody else, that you are not experiencing success yourself in your own way with your own systems and your own little that's steps right. forward every single day. So I'm I'm excited about this these next couple of episodes, and we're starting with one that I think is, uh, it, it's just a fantastic, um, I, I think, example of exactly what we're talking about. Before we head into that and introduce our wonderful guest, head over to TakeControlADHD.com to get to know us a little bit better. You can listen to the show right there on the website or subscribe to our mailing list, and we will send you an email each time a new episode is released. Connect with us on Twitter or Facebook at Take Control ADHD. And if this show has ever touched you or helped you make a change in your life for the better, we invite you to check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast. Your direct support of this podcast helps us to do what we do every single week, week after week, month after month, year after year. Season 22 we're on right now. Season 22. It's bananas, 22. Gosh. Bananas that we've been that doing is. this this long. I know. And and so, uh, but it, it is thanks to the direct support of everybody listening uh, that, that we continue to do this. So if it's ever touched you, if, it's, if you've changed your life uh, from anything related to what we've done, any of the nonsense that I've spouted, all the brilliance that Nikki <laughs> brings, we sure would appreciate it if you check out patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast, learn about our tiers, our goals, what we're working toward. And uh, and uh, let us know. Uh, let us know what's up. Thank you, everybody, for your support. Nikki, do we have any news? Oh boy, I didn't write it in my show notes, so of course I'm like, huh. But you do have uh, the do news. Have news, yes. yeah. So we're still doing study hall. <laughs> I, it's the same news as it was last week. We're still doing study hall okay. every Thursday afternoon. So come join us. And uh, I am. It's, it's magical. magical. It's straight right? up magical. You have to give us a mm -hmm. testimonial on that. Oh, huge plug. I don't do I don't do study hall that often because I thought, well, the stuff I have to do usually when I'm just checking off tasks is like audio related. And I thought, well, if I'm there, is it going to mess up if I'm sitting in Zoom doing stuff? Mm -hmm. It doesn't at all. And in fact, 
people were watching me record voiceovers, bumpers, stingers, ads for my podcasts all day long. The last time I was in study hall last Thursday, it was just, uh, it was great. Magical. I got so much done. Crazy. Yeah. I really like surprised people. They heard from me so much with all my stuff that it's I was getting great. done. It is. It is. That magical. was great. Although, I think we need to work in more dance breaks. Oh, you think? <laughs> I think we need to work in, yeah, we need more. That would make study hall better, more dance All breaks. All right, I'll keep that in mind. That you can you can yeah, run with that. absolutely. Yeah. Right. And then the last, real quick, and you can look at this on my website, is the GPS uh, planning pro, uh, workshop is going to be starting again. Uh, March 1st is going to be the first day. Uh, the enrollment closes the week before March 1st, whatever that day is. So you'll have to look at your calendar because I do not have it in front of me. Uh, but if you can't do this this uh, six weeks, I'm going to be offering it again and again. So as long as people want this, I'm going to be offering it. So keep it coming. All right, let's talk about living with ADHD. Our guest today. Oh, I don't even. I I worked and worked on trying to figure out how I want to introduce our guest today, and I. Feel like I've I've finally come around to keep it short. Uh, our guest is Dr. Kalaki Clark. Uh, Kalaki has uh, been a, a a part of our ADHD community for some time, uh, and she is a uh, board certified family physician uh, who it has just a fantastic story and a fantastic uh, I, I think mood and approach and tone to her life with ADHD. Kalaki Clark, welcome to the ADHD podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me here. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. And you guys are success. You guys are an example of success. This podcast is success. I look back and you've been doing this since 2010. Is that correct? Isn't that crazy? That's a long time. That's a long time. So you guys are a definition of success, however you want to call it. Thank you. Thank you for That's having awesome. me. Very That's kind. very kind. Thank you so much. Well, so I think a great place for us to start would be about this video where you uh, actually was that you were the 2018 winner of the Viewer's Choice Award promoting ADHD awareness. And uh, Pete, can we put this in the podcast so that people can hear it? Yeah, we okay, can Okay, because I think it's about two minutes yeah. long and it's awesome. Again, I'm late, procrastinate. Lose track of time, disorganized, it's hard to wait. Imagine you with things to do. And then a flash of random thoughts intrude your brain. It's not all bad. They're good traits too. Compassion, resiliency, creative, just to name a few. ADHD truly is biology. Thank God, in spite of all, I help others as an MD. I'm just here to say, bear with me. I'm just here 
to say yes, I do care. And I'm not here to make excuses, but I'm here to explain why at times I stare. You wrote it? Like you wrote? Oh I my gosh. How I long did. did it take you to write it? It was a process, um, probably over about two weeks, but not straight two mm-hmm. weeks, of course. You know, I had the idea and then last minute put it all mm-hmm. together. Has Stevie Wonder heard it? He, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's based off this song, you know, um, I just called to say I love you. Yeah, Is that what yeah. It's called? yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, that's, and I chose him because he does have ADHD. I don't know if you remember that. I did not that. Yeah. that. Um, yeah. 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 So that was part of my inspiration. And I, I made sure that I, I pointed on defining what it is, talking about the struggles, but also talking about the success within it in terms of me being a mm-hmm. physician. And basically the, the the plea or the cry is just bear with us. Bear with us. It's not an excuse. It's an explanation. Mm-hmm. So bear with us. Mm. Well, it's so it, it's really it, it's fun and funny and uh, you got pipes. Mm-hmm. So that makes it Thank great. You. And uh, and it's it's it, it's quite a flex that you're doing it from your car. From my car, also in the parking lot of a gas station. <laughs> I don't know if there's anything that does like that. Just screams ADHD to me in Absolutely. the best of all ways. And and submitted two minutes before it was due. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's no that's other way right. to do it. Yeah, no, that's it. I don't know. Any that's other the way, way to live. Oh, that's that fantastic. is amazing. You also did another mm-hmm. video that we'll put in our show notes as well for people to to take a look at. Not so much the emphasis of ADHD, but a little bit more about you so they can learn a little bit more about who you are. Um, so yes. let's talk about ADHD. When were you diagnosed? So I was diagnosed um, 2015. So about six years ago, I was actually 35 mm-hmm. years old at the time. Um, it was during my first year of residency and family medicine training. Um, the way it came about was that um, I did a rotation in child and adolescent psychiatry and I was shadowing the psychiatrist I was with and I saw a recurrent theme on the children that had ADHD and that recurring theme was, was they were very smart, but they took a long time to do things. They were kind of disorganized, not so neat, messy. They were, um, t- you know, like I said, take a long time to do things. They were all over the place, so to speak. Their, their family couldn't understand them, but they loved mm-hmm. them. And um, I was like, this is exactly how I am right now. Mm-hmm. Really interesting. Um, mm-hmm. and, and my story is a complex one in regards to my medical journey. But I will say I was in medical school in 2002, where we learned that ADHD is the hyperactive little boy who can't stay still, who is, you know, a... a I don't know, bad, so to speak. Or I shouldn't say bad, but just mm-hmm. restless and hyperactive. Didn't give us any hint about the inattentive side that we are aware of, of as of today. So um, when I had this epiphany, so to speak, about this could be me, could be me. It didn't fit the picture that I had, you know, been used to learning yeah. about in regards to what ADHD looks like. But then when I looked up the criteria, it was just reading my life. Mm-hmm. It was me. It was me. It was me to the T. Yeah. And so then I, I then, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I interrupted you. Finish your thought. No. So then I, I then, um, sought confirmation, so to speak. And I looked out to, um, reach out to a psychologist 
um, who helped to confirm it by the testing questionnaires, getting my background and doing what's called the TOBA, which is the test of variability, variable, test of variables of attention, I believe, where it's an objective kind of, you do not have to have this test done to have the mm-hmm. diagnosis. However, it, um, and it, it was interesting when I was doing that test, I was like, I'm, I'm just being me. I'm doing as best I can. And when I was done, inattentive ADHD. Like yeah. very, very, very likely yeah. was yeah. what it was. I'm like, mm-hmm. wow. Mm-hmm. It's a thing. <laughs> Does that like real. what does that look like? So you he's you get this, the doctor gives you this this the results, and you're obviously somebody clearly who appreciates the value of data in terms of like it it I feel like it goes with the, it's written on the tin if you're gonna be a, a physician. Right. And uh like what what sorts of holes can you describe the kinds of holes that that understanding this about yourself fills in about how you got to the to that point like what how does that reframe your academic experience and uh, you know leading up to that to that diagnosis well at the time that i received the diagnosis it made everything make sense in terms of my behavior things i was i was doing in terms of my performance and my residency training so for example at the time I was taking a very long time to um, complete my documentation for my clinical notes. Um, it took me a long time to be prepared to um, present the patients to my attending physicians. Um, I was late all the time. I was um, having difficulty with focus. So I would really be able to do my work when everybody was gone. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it made things make sense in terms of, you know, my life. And it also made me look back into my childhood to see how it was overlooked or not caught. So, for example, with me being inattentive in nature, um, it wasn't a matter of my intellect capacity. It was just my execution. So, for example, I studied a lot. Like, my goal was to be a physician since I was five years old. So, um, as you know, dopamine is often missing with uh, ADHD brains. And so... My focus in the dopamine, so to speak, was being a doctor, being a doctor, being a doctor, being mm-hmm. a doctor. I had the intellect, so I was able to accomplish that goal. But then when the structure was uplifted, meaning after I finished medical school and started residency training the first time, which is a, another separate story, I was kind of unroofed. Mm-hmm. But when it was first unroofed, I didn't know it was ADHD until, let's say, 10 years later, mm-hmm. when all the pieces of the puzzle came together. I was like, wow, this mm-hmm. is it. This is why I was, I'm being told I'll be late to my own funeral. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this is mm-hmm. why um, I look into other people's cars and like, why is it so neat? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> now you know. So I'm, I mean, it made sense. And you were actually yeah. Yeah. from the video that that uh, we're going to put in the show notes. You talk about your depression. Were you actually diagnosed with depression first, then before ADHD? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I was diagnosed first, and I think a couple of reasons. Um, partly the, the knowledge of ADHD and what we know now in regards to the criteria was, was not really known back then. I mean, when I was diagnosed, sorry, when I first had depression as a diagnosis, that was 2005, mm-hmm. right after I finished uh, medical school. Um, and then my depressed mood is what led me to um, take a break in my training. And it was a tribute to me not being able to function in the hospital setting. I was not able to um, handle all the tasks that were thrown at me. You know, I would just lose things. I would just not be organized. And that made me mm-hmm. depressed. Mm-hmm. So it goes to show that um, 
it can be that diagnosis of ADHD can be missed or masked by depression because number one, depression is there. And also number two, depression can be worsening the ADHD. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if the depression is not managed, the ADHD is going to be even more heightened and more severe in regards to yeah. symptoms is, is pretty much what mm-hmm. it was. And the way I could tell that my situation I was diagnosed in 2015 was that it was different in 2005 is that I wasn't depressed. Um, I'm able to distinguish my depression from ADHD symptoms. When I'm depressed, I don't want to do mm-hmm. anything. Uh, my mood is down. Everything looks bleak. There's no mm-hmm. hope. Whereas the ADHD was, goodness gracious, why am I losing things all the time? And why didn't I just remember? I, why didn't I remember something I was just told? And um, why is it taking me forever mm-hmm. to do this? But I was not depressed. It's frustration, mm-hmm. but it wasn't depression. Mm-hmm. That's how I was able to distinguish it. And I mean, uh, you know, basically about a fifth to a half of people who have ADHD also have co- co-current or morbid, morbid condition yeah. of major depressive disorder. Mm-hmm. So it's not a surprise that the two can yeah, go hand in hand. I'm, I'm so curious. Uh, you know, one of the things that we've been talking about uh, over the last several weeks is this idea of of change and how, you know, the ADHD is not the thing that changes. It's the world around around it that, that changes if you're going to be successful with ADHD. And I'm so curious your experience post-diagnosis, right? Once the the veil is kind of lifted and now you understand, okay, this is, I have words to describe my experience. How does that change your experience in the hospital? Because the hospital is not changing their systems to support you, right? You're Mm -hmm. another cog in the machine. What do you do to adapt and and find a way to be successful as, as a physician? Right, that's a wonderful question. Well, I think, first of all, me recognizing where I thrive and where I don't thrive. So specifically, you you mentioned the hospital. During my residency training, I'm required to be in the hospital setting, you know, doing what I'm doing. However, right. that is a training that has a finite, it has an end point. So I knew from the get-go, the hospital setting is not for me. So I don't set myself up for failure and work in the hospital, mm-hmm. which means yeah. like, my thriving comes from keeping patients out of the hospital as a primary care physician. So I'm a family physician, which means I'm all about prevention, about treating acute illnesses, treating and managing chronic ongoing, you know, illnesses. Mm-hmm. So I don't put myself in the hospital. That's, that's one form of <laughs> lesson number one. Exactly. Get out of the hospital as fast as possible. Exactly. Okay. However, <laughs> however, there are a lot of emergency physicians which have ADHD. Yeah. And I can imagine those are the hyperactive ones that need that stimulation and need that, yeah. you know, they, they get bored. And that's not, that's not my, mm-hmm. my area. That's not my comfort. Yeah. So if you meet one person with ADHD, you meet one person with ADHD. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know what I mean? Everyone's not on all the same, you know, basket, so to speak. So as a physician, I realized the hospital is not mm-hmm. my thing. Um, you know, and with that being the case, I, you know, do work in a clinical setting. And then once I learned more about my situation, I learned to advocate for myself and um, request accommodations as 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 appropriate or is that allowed to do my job? What does that look like? What sorts of accommodations do you, are were you able to get as a as a physician? You talk about two different um, let's put it, two different areas of that accommodation. Meaning in my training, so we can be say accommodations for test taking, like mm-hmm. me being board certified. And then accommodations for the workplace. Yeah. So 
Um, when I got diagnosed, this is after you passing previous testing in the past. I mean, I passed all my, all the steps you need to get to this point, you know, but I didn't realize I could have probably done better if I would have had accommodations. I, w- I would have not um, gotten by by the skin, you know, the hair in my skinny chin chin, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and barely make it if I had accommodations. And keep in mind, accommodations are not a heads up. It's leveling the playing field, yeah. you know? So you see someone in a wheelchair, you don't say, well, that's not fair. They get a ramp to go up there. I don't get a ramp. Well, you have legs. Mm-hmm. You don't need a ramp yeah. for your wheelchair because mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't right. have a wheelchair. So it's leveling right. the playing field. And so what that means is I got extra testing time for uh, my board exam. It just meant that instead of one day taking the test, I took it in two days. They didn't change the questions. You know, they didn't make, they didn't give me the easy mm-hmm. version. It's just more time to allow me to, you know, get the answer. And I did get the answer. I did very well when I got accommodations for, mm-hmm. um, you know, the board certification. In the work setting, it's more like, okay, there's a deadline to complete your documentation. So, you know, I might have, instead of having to do half of the notes in five days, half of my notes need to be done in seven mm-hmm. days. You know what I mean? Or um, I have to I have to set up for myself where I have administration time before I start work. So that means if I'm a little late, that's not affecting the the time that I start with my mm-hmm. patient because I'm creeping into my own mm-hmm. time, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which can affect me other ways, but it's not directly mm-hmm. affecting mm-hmm. the big picture for mm-hmm. everyone else. Well, that's I, that was my next question: is like how much of that creeps into your time, which leads to increased stress, anxiety, those sorts of that, that sort of waterfall of issues that can drive straight back into our depression. And, Mm -hmm. you know, what, what are the triggering activities that for me would, that breaks my brain. (laughs) I I shouldn't be in a hospital either. (laughs) That's what I've learned from this conversation. Kalaki, this is not, I'm, I'm not made for that. So, dodged a bullet. Now, is the right, the clinic right, right, that you're right. working in now, is that, have you worked at other clinics or other places before that? And and how did accommodation, like, did the accommodation conversation come up in those places too? Or I'm just curious, like... Yes. So, all right. So when I started working after being board certified, I, I first worked in a setting where I was a locum. Locum is just like a contracted type of work where you know, you're not employed by the, the company. You just kind of come in and out when you want to. So my accommodation with that was like not working too mm-hmm. much, like not having an overwhelming schedule of my you know, own. So I could kind of work when I want to. Um, and then they would allow me maybe to do my notes to follow, like have them do the following day versus the mm-hmm. same day. Because without even expressing what my situation was, they could tell that it was taking me a long time to finish mm-hmm. all my work. So mm-hmm. then they, they wanted to be finished. So they allowed me the next day. Um, in previous employment, uh, before where I am right now, um, I, I did disclose that at the very beginning of, you know, what the diagnosis is and what my situation was in order to get those accommodations, which was similar, just more extended time, you know, for me to finish my work. And I will say me finding the diagnosis or knowing what the situation was, it was a bittersweet thing. Of course, it's like, oh, something's wrong with me, you know, but, oh, that's what's wrong with me Mm -hmm. at the same time. So it's like, you know, something's not right, but at least now you know how to put a name on it and do something to help Mm -hmm. yourself out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because in the big picture, if I'm able to identify it, then I'm able to request the assistance that I need in order to 
for me right. to function, you know, and do the, and do the job. Um, I will say the current location I'm working, um, it was the best place for me. I mean, I literally, from the first day in the interview, disclosed my mm-hmm. diagnosis. Um, and because I was accepted, because uh, my value and what I had to bring to the table kind of walked before me, then it was a matter of, oh, okay, I get what you're saying. It just takes you a while to do things, but you eventually mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's it. Would that everybody found it such a clear uh, way to describe that experience? That's like, you know, because I what I'm hearing is, you know, people who are able to hear that from you and skip the judgment step. Yeah. Right. That seems like a, a, a you know, from at least, you know, from what we hear in the community, that's an anomalous mm-hmm. experience. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Woo. I, and that's why I'm very grateful and I'm very happy where I'm working as well, because you get accept- acceptance in the jump from the beginning, then it's smooth selling, not smooth selling in terms of your work, but you're accepted as you are and you're and they're working with you. Now, I will say, I believe in order to have that confidence for me to express that, I have to know, as I said, what my value is or what I have to bring to the mm-hmm. table. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if I was a horrible physician and I didn't have patients following me and if I, you know, didn't have people referring patients to me all the time or if I wasn't a great doctor... I wouldn't be able to um, freely or readily disclose that mm-hmm. information, yeah. right? Because right. like Su- success okay, well, does bring explains. a bit of yeah, it's authority. You you mm-hmm. bring professional authority to the to exactly. the discussion. Yeah. Exactly. So it's kind of like if I was a horrible doctor and I share all this stuff, and they'll be like, "Well, that's why you're a bad doctor. Look at you. You came yeah. from the work on time." <laughs> well, duh. Okay. You right. get what I'm saying, like. So with that being said, anybody who thinks about disclosing, you you have to feel it in yourself. You have to know when you're ready for it. And for me, it's more of a thing of it's so strong and so severe in my situation. It's going to come up. It's going to be obvious. Mm-hmm. So it's like, just let me bring it to the table and let you mm-hmm. know about it so that we can be on the same page and figure out how to work. It takes the hiding out of it, right? I mean, it feels like if you don't have to hide it and you can just be yourself, there's a great deal of of freedom there, I would think. Oh, yeah. A lot of freedom. And where I'm currently, this is before, or just after, rather, I put the video Mm -hmm. out, you know, that I won the the award. So when I did the video in 2018, to me, that was my coming Mm -hmm. out, so Mm -hmm. to speak, for, for ADHD. Because, I mean, that's the worldwide web. People have to vote for me to to be on there. So, you know, I could have easily popped the the YouTube video to my employer, future employer, like, this is what it is, (laughs) you know? What made Um, it important for you to do that video? I'm curious. Because not everybody would have done that. I just felt liberated for some reason. Mm -hmm. I felt liberated. Um, What do I have to lose? Like, I I, I like singing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not greatest singer, but I like singing. When I was younger, I always changed the words to songs of commercials and made it my own um, in in different, you know, forms. So it was a challenge that I was up for Mm -hmm. and I did it and people voted. I had people vote for me and, Mm -hmm. you know, and I got it. So and it's so it's so cool. And and the words are wonderful. And it's a great uh, description, you know, of 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 ADHD and the very end when you look away like you're daydreaming <laughs> it's so cute. <laughs> yeah. Can you yeah, can you talk just uh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm curious how you like in a professional capacity how because that that video 
you know, whether you intend to or not at that point, you become sort of an ADHD advocate, right? Like you take on the role of being an ADHD personality and you've posted a number of things that are super inspirational about your experience. How does that how is that reflected for you at work when you're working with patients? Like, are you, uh, does your advocacy creep into your work as a physician or do you just outsource that to, uh, you know, psychologists, psychiatrists in your, in your no, network? How does um, it work? It, 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 it all works together. I mean, yeah. um, I, I say I'm the patient and the clinician as well, because I, I, I treat patients with ADHD. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. I rule out or I identify, I diagnose ADHD or not with patients. Um, also, part of my training after residency, there's a fellowship that um, UC Irvine, UC Davis has that allows um, primary care physicians to get training in primary care psychiatry. So, you know, not only do I have the personal experience for having, you know, challenges with mental health, I also have the, the clinical, you know, textbook, formal way of helping and treating those situations as well. Mm-hmm. And to me, I feel like it makes it more effective because I'm not just reading about something that's hypothetical or there's something I can't relate to. I'm actually from experience understanding what it's like to be all over the place or, you know, to be smart but scattered um, from a, you know, a real life experience. And I've actually been able to use my video my video for the song and also my video that kind of summarizes my life to help mm-hmm. patients mm-hmm. and make them have hope because I'm not talking from a hypothetical standpoint or not helping from a hypothetical standpoint. Yeah. I'll never forget, we we took my my daughter when she was a couple of years, she was a younger teenager and she was diagnosed with a, with syncope, a non-convulsive mm-hmm. syncope. And, mm-hmm. and um, it's terrifying until they bring in a neurologist who is able to sit down across from her, look her in the eye and say, I have the same condition. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you how I deal with it. That mm-hmm. that is so much. That means so much more. Like to, than than sitting down and saying, you know, I've studied what you have for a long time. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But but I, so I have to imagine that that you know goes miles to increase the affinity that you have with your patients. That's really oh, yeah. beautiful. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm I I become human. I become mm-hmm. human yeah. to them. Mm-hmm. You know, right. Um, right. My thought process is if five percent of the population. Um, as adults, more or less in the U.S., have ADHD, why would not the doctors, why would we be a part of a 5% yeah, right. within that as well? <laughs> That's right. right. Well, well, I don't know if you heard, but apparently doctors are superhuman god people and they uh, don't have any conditions ever uh, at all. <laughs> so false. So, so, so false. <laughs> I mean, there, there are patients that, that ask me, if I say, oh, I wasn't here because I went to the doctor. You go to the doctor? You have a doctor? <laughs> <laughs> like I have a pulse to yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like yeah. So you know, they they make us superhuman, but the reality is the sad reality is, I don't know if you're aware of the statistic though, but about three hundred doctors kill themselves every year. Oh they, yeah. they That's so sad. So we're the highest profession actually to do that. The the, the highest at the top. Mm-hmm. And um you know, that's another thing I like to raise that stigma mental illness because we're human, as I said. And, yeah. you know, as long as we keep it under the cover, or as long as we act like it doesn't exist, then there's no help for it. And part right. of my coming out is to, I don't want to say normalize it, but make it like we're, it's neurodiversity we're trying to appreciate, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So yeah. why not? And we have a lot to offer this mm-hmm. world. Yeah, you do. 
Well, I have, I have, I want to pick your, you guys brain with some things. Actually, All right. So. Yeah. Oh dear. Does any one of you guys have asthma or have any kids with asthma? My husband has asthma. Okay. Your husband has asthma. Yeah, are we playing, so, are we playing symptom bingo? <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, no, I do no. not have asthma. I have all kinds of lung stuff, but not asthma. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. okay. So the reason why I brought up asthma is because, you know, I like to make an analogy in regards to, you know, the brain is an organ just like any other organ, right? Mm-hmm. So, for example, if what are the symptoms your husband has of asthma, Nikki? Where what? What are his symptoms? Oh, he'll have a hard time. Like you can tell he's having a hard time breathing. So it's just like he's, he can't take like a deep breath. So right. Yeah. Maybe wheezing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right. So let's think of it this way. So ADHD is a chronic neurobiological, uh, neurodevelopmental disorder of the brain. Um, and it's, you know, a brain-based situation. So asthma is a chronic lung disease that involves two components. One is airway constriction and the other is inflammation. So I like to make an analogy with ADHD and the brain. So ADHD is a chronic neurological, neurobiological condition in which um, the brain's ability to self-regulate, which includes executive functioning and our ability to basically manage ourselves is impaired, mm-hmm. right? So. Um, some symptoms of asthma. Can you give me a couple of symptoms of asthma? Oh boy. Uh, it, I can just see him like kind of gasping, like, you know, like he's having a hard time breathing mm-hmm. and can't take a deep breath. Right. And there's almost uh, a little bit of panic, like, you know, oh, looking yeah. oh, for yeah. the, the mm-hmm. uh, inhaler. Uh huh. Yeah. Right. Right. So let's, let's, let's put it this way. The symptoms of ADHD, which is, um, Basically, like I said, impaired executive function are going to include the inattention, the challenge with time management, being disorganized, um, you know, restlessness, mm-hmm. all the above. And we have to realize that the brain is what dictates behavior. So what you see when ADHD is not managed or is not being managed correctly are the symptoms, so to speak, of ADHD. So Instead of the wheezing, we have the forgetfulness or, right. you know, that inability to, to organize self. So with asthma, though, too, you have different severities, mm-hmm. mild, moderate, and severe. ADHD goes the same way. Mild mm-hmm. might not be that bad. Maybe medication is not necessary. They might be able to just exercise a lot or uh, meditate, mindfulness, eat right. Moderate, it might require medication. Uh, or not, or it would just require coaching or therapy. Mm-hmm. Severe, definitely medication is going to be necessary to help things, you know, flow appropriately. Eating right and all the above, all the modalities used to treat ADHD uh, would need to be there. And so the treatment for asthma, inhalers, right? Mm-hmm. Inhalers that help to open up the bronchioles and the airways, reduce inflammation, as well as not smoking, doing exercise actually helps out with asthma and avoiding triggers with ADHD, like I mentioned, the therapy, coaching, um, medication, obviously, mm-hmm. eating right, supplements, listening to Taking Control, the ADHD <laughs> podcast Yay. is one of my regimens that help with me managing my symptoms. <laughs> so the triggers of asthma, what do you know that triggers your husband um, in regards to his asthma? Oh, symptoms? gosh. When we had the fires, um, 
mm-hmm. in September, that definitely, I mean, like he couldn't be out there for very long because of all of the smoke right. and everything. So yeah, smoke right. and, um, uh, well, that's the one cold? that I, when it's cold, does it make it worse? Yeah. Yeah. Probably yeah. like, yeah, mm-hmm. we're home a lot right now because of COVID. So I don't see <laughs> okay. a whole lot of it, but yeah, all but right. it's definitely, right. is... I think those, man, those, that smoke though, that is such a great example of a trigger because with ADHD, the triggers are often everywhere. Just Absolutely. like that smoke that ever was present, everywhere. just sort of yeah. it's everywhere. Yep. Yeah. And so our triggers could be lack of sleep, yeah. poor nutrition, um, you know, lack of rest, like not getting a break, constantly doing, 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 doing could be a trigger that makes it, mm-hmm. you know, get worse. Unmanaged depression could be a trigger of mm-hmm. like ma- making the ADHD worse. Stressful environments, non-supportive work environments, bad relationships can all be triggers for the ADHD. So if, if people who are listening who have no idea about ADHD or think it's fake or, or a joke, number one, it's not fake and it's not a joke. It's mm-hmm. very real. And... Being educated about it, not only for yourself as a person with ADHD and a, and a person who doesn't have ADHD being educated about it just helps you just be accepted in this world. Yeah. Everybody yeah. can't be the same. As I said, we represent five to six percent of the population, which is why when people are ignorant of it, I don't blame them. I kind of get it because when you're in, we have ADHD and you read the ADHD things and you listen to podcasts, it seems like that's your world. But mm-hmm. in the reality is we're a small part of the world. Mm-hmm. So you can't expect everybody to get it. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I have a question that, about kind of- how you, how you said, you know, it, it can be mild, moderate or severe. Mm-hmm. It, it is that something that can kind of um, move depending on like how, where you are in your life or like how loud the ADHD is? Like, could you have sort of a mild case be going, you know, going along okay and then somehow it feels more triggered and, and now it's more moderate or severe? I mean, can you move up and down I, in that louder? Well, you just, I, you just described Monday for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even even within the the, the, yeah, the moment to moment, like yeah, yeah that, right, it right. Not be, because like, let's say a mild version is, let's say I'm able to actually sit down and do my work. I might mildly get distracted by something on social media, and I get back to it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I get I'm able to get back to focus. But severe is I've even started. I haven't. Mm-hmm. I haven't put it off for days. I'm not even thinking about it. I'm just. Avoiding it because it seems overwhelming to me. Yeah. So you can kind of have within the same person within the same day or like overall. Mm-hmm. So for example, someone may not have my challenges with time management, um, you know, and, or other things and they're not as overall severe. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But for me, I mean, Hey, when we started, you know, what happened? I just told you about how I did my, the um the the video submission how how that went so like yeah but it worked (laughs) it it, it worked yeah but it worked because i had i I had talent for the for the submission so it was good and it worked because of that yeah i worked because i'm a good doctor right so it works because of that it worked that i was maybe a little late because you guys had me as a guest and you want me as a guest. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying, I'm not saying those things to like take advantage of anything or to abuse it. But I know, um, you, ha- you have to have something to bring to the table. And everybody with ADHD has something to bring to the table. Mm-hmm. It does not have to be the same thing. Mm-hmm. Seriously. You could be the yeah. best mechanic. You could be the best 
architect. You know what I mean? You could be the best lawyer. You could be whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You only stop yourself. Mm-hmm. You stop you. That's the that's uh, a really big message. Uh, that's a really powerful observation too, because I think that you know, my hunch is the degree to which you are experiencing all of those comorbid conditions are really, they represent the gap between your ADHD and finding out what you're best at, right? The people who are struggling the most just may not have found that answer. And if if there is anything in that message, that hope is, it's out there. It's out there. Keep looking, keep trying new things. Use the ADHD. If there's anything you're good at, it's moving from thing to thing. So use that and, and try new things because you'll land on it. You'll find it. You'll Mm -hmm. find it. Yeah. And you have to do what, what resonates with you. It can't be what someone else wants for you because Mm -hmm. they're not you. They don't know what you like. They don't know what you, you know, what's your dopamine. Me with patients and my patient care is my dopamine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Question for you. When we did the pre, like you and I got together last week to talk about what we were going to talk about today. And you came up with this, this title and it wasn't even meant to be a title, but you, you said it. You said, I want people to know that they can have struggles and still have success. And I think a great title. (laughs) But where did that come from? Because you were very passionate about that when you said that. And and it Mm -hmm. sure resonated the heck out of me when you said it. Well, it came from something that um, I created for a group I'm a part of. I'm an administrator for a private group called um, Physicians with ADHD. There are about over 400 of us and we support each other. And it came from... um, Why should you disclose? And I disclose for four reasons, my diagnosis. To educate the ignorant, to obtain accommodations, to help myself, you know, myself to my job, to inspire others so they can know that they can have both struggles and success. And that's where Mm -hmm. it came from. Mm -hmm. And the last reason I disclose is to celebrate my uniqueness and help Mm -hmm. others um, celebrate it. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of like a canned, ready to say to you type of thing, Mm -hmm. because it was just something I'd already have pre-planned in terms of why would I disclose? Because I was telling my group why they would, why they could possibly disclose. Yeah. That's, that's where that came yeah. from. Love it. That's really lovely. And did you hear that? She's not the only one. That's <laughs> The right. only physician with ADHD. Oh, yeah. Oh, all, there God. are a lot of them out there. That's There's amazing. There's a lot of us. There's a yeah. lot of us. And we support each other. We get yeah. it. We, 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 and it's, it's just a lot. It's really, it's, we're real. We exist. Yeah. And we're here to help. But you had told so me beautiful. a while ago, what is the statistic of Black women being doctors? Isn't it really we low? We represent 2%. Yeah. 2% of all physicians are Black female. Female. Physicians. Uh, right? We got to increase 5% that. 5% overall Black. 5% overall Black um, physicians. And then um, 2% female, 3% male. Hmm. Wow. Yep. Wow. That's not good enough. Well, that's, dis- that's disappointing. Yeah. Also, it is. Uh, congratulations, <laughs> right? Like, given all of the things that stand in oh. the way of you achieving your uh, your yeah. MD, a minority that's within amazing. a minority within a minority, minority and a minority right? and a minority. <laughs> that's exactly what you are. That is unbelievably beautiful. And, mm-hmm. and honestly, that's why I use myself when I when I try to encourage others that if I could do it, what is your excuse? Like, <laughs> you don't have all that going on. <laughs> You're not black. You don't have ADHD. So what is your <laughs> I'm just uh, saying, I know yeah. it's not, I'm creative and that's nothing I pride myself on. I always know plan B through Z. I'm mm-hmm. so used to plan B through Z. If something doesn't yeah. go right, I already know what the backup plan is. So, um, cause I'm so used to having stuff happen. 
Yeah, right. right. Well, and the, the resilience and perse- perseverance, because you didn't go into to uh, the detail of the, and I, it's so hard, all of it, right? Like getting through school and dealing with the depression and, you know, figuring out where the best place is for you to work. And you're a mom and you're a wife and, you know, you play all of these roles that we didn't even touch upon. You, you persevere, like you, Ooh. you go, you're go get her you get through it and and i know it's not easy and it's it can be really difficult but i think you're also a really great example of not giving up and believing in yourself and uh you know all of the the like you said creativity all of those great qualities as well it's so i'm so glad you were here today thank you so much i'm so glad that you guys are here too i mean like as i said i've been listening for a while and i appreciate First of all, um, Pete, you definitely have ADHD. I mean, you know, I don't have to tell you that, but like, <laughs> I love you so much. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, this is the doctor telling you. I know you didn't know, but I'm just kidding. no, but like, no, I relate to some. I can't even tell you. I can't remember the exact words, but like, when I hear you and Nikki talk, I can just relate to a lot of your thought processes. Like, mm-hmm. I would yeah. say or think the same thing. You say what I'm thinking, mm-hmm. um, and 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 just to state the obvious, you know, because of the fact that I'm a black you know, individual black female and you guys are non-black, it just shows that ADHD does not discriminate. Right. ADHD doesn't care what color you mm-hmm. are. So how can I relate to Pete, a white man, in regards to his situation when I'm a black woman? Because ADHD is ADHD. Yeah. Even though we can have individual, you know, backgrounds and situations, it's still the same situation that is a frustrating thing that does not go away. It is not based on bad parenting. Right. That is not based on um what? not enough rest or and those things can trigger it but it's a mm-hmm. real biological situation that needs more attention and it and we still have so much value i respect pete he knew mm-hmm. nothing about me really before this 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 interview but he's able to ask appropriate questions and get good stuff out of me because he's talented that's his gift this is his gift yeah do what he's doing i know i get all excited but yeah I'm just, Oh, look, he's like, oh, I guess that means so much. No, I'm serious. It means so much. It really is. uh, And we're real, too. If I didn't mean it, I wouldn't say it. Mm -mm. We're very real. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's just beautiful. Thank Thank you you so much. You're you're just a straight up delightful uh, individual. I am uh, so... Uh, grateful to have not only had you on the show uh, with Nikki and I, but to just meet you and be in your orbit. That is really lovely what you do. Thank you so much. Uh, for doing this, what do you want to? What do you want to plug? What do you want in the show notes? Obviously, well, we got the video that the videos the video, that you've done for sure. I but mean, uh, I here's the thing: I'm not a physician that's here to sell my services. Right. Or, yeah, right. I don't. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't have a I book mean, that's coming I out. I mean, yeah. I'm going to have a book. I'm oh, going to have a book. Don't yeah. ask me what it is because I'll feel the pressure. But I will have a book because I have so many ideas. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um. I mean, if anyone, okay, let's put it this way. If there are any physicians out there for having any physicians with ADHD and they would like to be a part of physicians with ADHD, they can email me mm-hmm. at Clark at gmail.com um, or anyone has questions, but that's specifically, yeah. and then I can vet them out, mm-hmm. All you right. know, confirm that they're physicians, confirm they have ADHD, they can join us and be supported. Yeah. Um, you follow me on Instagram, but it's not, I mean, I, I do have one post that says I have ADHD in like bold letters. Okay. <laughs> but it's not an ADHD Instagram page yeah. that is this underscore MD underscore Kalaki. Mm-hmm. 
um, is what it is. And it, you know, it has my, it has a video, um, not the ADHD video, but it has the video that is really transparent. talks about my struggle with uh, depression. Yeah. Um, it's five minutes. It summarizes my story on there, but it talks about like me getting the COVID vaccination and still being alive. Um, you know, just little, <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole separate story, but, um, it, you know, just, it's just me. It's just yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, worth it. We'll put links in the show notes and, you. uh, we'll get, we'll, we'll see if some, some physicians, ADHD physicians in the community, uh, definitely reach out to Dr. Right. Clocky. Sounds good. Can fantastic. I say one last thing? You guys can of course. edit it how you want to. Yeah. I want everyone with ADHD to know that even if no one, um, or sorry, even if someone is ignorant of your diagnosis, it does not negate your experience of ADHD and how you feel. Okay. So just because no one's heard of it or I think it's real, it does not mean it's not real. So you get your help you need and realize that you are valuable and you are empathetic and you're successful and you got what it takes. Mm. What a great way I to end. I can't think of a better way to yes, end. Yeah, I absolutely. love it. Thank you. Thank, Thank you so you much. Thank you so Bye. much, everybody, for downloading and listening to this show. We deeply appreciate your time mm-hmm. and attention. On behalf of Dr. Kalaki Clark and Nikki Kinzer, I'm Pete Wright. We'll catch you next week right here on Taking Control the ADHD podcast. Mm-hmm.